but just at the moment when he felt like he was going to be in despair forever. He says, I saw a pillar of light exactly over my head, above the brightness of the sun, which descended gradually until it fell upon me. Welcome back to Strive to Share. It has been too long. I felt like because last week we had an apostasy, it's just been too long since we've heard the good word of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the Pearl of Great Price, Joseph Smith writes his history, and it talks about his experience with God and Jesus Christ. This is, this is how the great apostasy ended. Apostasy really is just a time when the people are not listening to Jesus Christ. And yet, at the time of Joseph Smith, there were many preachers. The Baptists, the Methodists, the Presbyterians, the Catholics, all manner of Christian churches were in his town. And yet, there was so much strife of words and contests of opinions. These guys were going back and forth saying, my church is correct, my church is correct, my doctrine is correct. Follow the way the Bible teaches through, 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 the, through my lenses. And there was this war of words, this tumult of opinions. And boy, does that sound like our day. You turn on the television, you go to one news network and you get their opinion. You go to another news network and you get their opinion. You go to another news network and maybe there's no opinion at all on that subject. But the point is, everybody has their opinion. And now with Facebook and Twitter, boy, we got journalists all over the world speaking their understanding, speaking their knowledge, speaking their ideas. But where do we go? Who do we listen to? How do we know what's right? Well, this same question was asked by Joseph Smith. He said, I'm 14 years old. I have no idea who I should be listening to. And I'm very confused because I'm hearing two different messages from two different Christian pastors and they're just stark opposites. So what, what can I do? Who do I go to? Well, one day, Joseph Smith was reading in the epistle of James, in James 1.5, and it reads, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Okay, so what does this mean for us? We have our favorite news network, maybe a newspaper, maybe on the television, maybe on the computer. We have our favorite social media site, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the many others that will come. We have our favorite people. Oh, this guy studied political science, and this guy studied religion, and this guy studied philosophy. And we love our, our bloggers, our, our uh, pundits, our journalists. And at, at times, we don't even lack wisdom. Or at least we don't perceive that we lack wisdom. I know that this is true because blah, 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 and this statistic and this and the other and the other. And yet, what does Joseph Smith read in James 1.5? Let's see, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask the smartest person they know. Well, not really. Let him ask their favorite news network? No. Oh, oh, oh political candidate. No, that's not it either. But best friend, mom, dad, uh, teacher, uh, professor, you know, somebody who really knows this stuff. Maybe, maybe they studied for eight years in the college. 
No, no, no. I was one day reading in the epistle of James, first chapter and fifth verse, which reads, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Now, this might sound hard. This might sound easy. I don't really know how you feel your relationship with God is, how easy it is, or how, how, how easy it is you perceive your uh, communication with him is. But Joseph Smith went to the back of his home, into the, into the woods behind his house, and he was so anxious to say this prayer, to talk with God, because he had never done so. He had never prayed vocally. And so for anybody in any situation, religiously, spiritually, maybe you've prayed a thousand times and felt unheard. Maybe you've never prayed at all. Joseph Smith had never prayed. He knelt down, began to offer up the desire of his heart to God. And as soon as he did, thick darkness gathered around him. It seemed for a time he was doomed to sudden destruction. How many of us pray? like Joseph Smith then prayed, but exerting all my powers to call upon God to deliver me out of the power of this enemy which seized upon me, exerting all my power. All right, so as we pray to God, what does that look like? To me, exerting all my power, I've never had what Joseph Smith had, where Satan comes and just grabs me and says, you are not gonna pray. But I've had my phone buzz. I've had my roommate enter the room. I've had sleep overcome me. Uh, you wanna talk about a strong power seized upon by some power which entirely overcame me as to bind my tongue that I could not speak. Boy, about every single night when I wanna go to bed, it feels like that power is binding my tongue or not pray at all and just call it a night. So Joseph Smith's darkness is this incredible power that seized upon him so that he could not speak. Thick darkness gathered around him. Okay, maybe I haven't experienced that, but there are distractions that we can face as we try to communicate with our Heavenly Father. And yet he says, if you lack wisdom, I'll give it to you freely. Maybe there is some effort though that has to go in on our part. Well, Joseph Smith, as he starts to pray, he finally gets these words out. The light comes. He says, I saw a pillar of light exactly over my head above the brightness of the sun, which descended gradually until it fell upon me. And once it did, Satan had to leave. So maybe that night before you're uh, headed off to bed, maybe you turn on that light, that bright light. Uh, if you can get one that's above the brightness of the sun, well, then sleep will flee from your eyes. Uh, any other distractions might go away. Because when that light comes, darkness has to go. It no sooner appeared than I found myself delivered from the enemy which held me bound. When the light rested upon me, I saw two personages whose brightness and glory defy all description standing above me in the air. One of them spake unto me, calling me by name, and said, pointing to the other, This is my beloved son. Hear him.
wait, 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 God, God, aren't there some pretty smart people out there we can listen to and trust? And aren't there some opinions that are valid and politicians who really know how to lead this country in the right direction? And isn't there... Hold on, hold on. Joseph? Joseph? This is my beloved son. Hear him. Okay. We hear you loud and clear, Heavenly Father. We are going to listen to those who you have told us to listen to. And who are they? Well, the list is pretty short. It's Jesus Christ. Recently, there have been lots of people doubting the legitimacy of some of the decisions of prophets made throughout our church history. Specifically Brigham Young at this time. But it's always something with one of the prophets. Whether Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, John Taylor, Wilfred Woodruff, Lorenzo Snow, Spencer W. Kimball, Gordon B. Hinckley, Thomas S. Monson, Russell M. Nelson. And I'm missing a few. But there's always going to be some disagreement. Some reason, politically, socially, why we shouldn't listen to the prophets. But this statement from Wilfred Woodruff is either true or it is not true. And if it's true, well, we really can't be saying all the things that we're saying about the prophets of old or current. Wilfred Woodruff said, The Lord will never, the Lord will never, that doesn't leave a lot of room for wiggle. The Lord will never permit me or any other man who stands as president of this church to lead you astray. It is not in the program. It is not in the mind of God. If I were to attempt that, the Lord would remove me out of my place. And so he will any other man who attempts to lead the children of men astray from the oracles of God and from their duty. Brigham Young, you're okay, man. You didn't make the mistakes that people are telling me that you made. Joseph Smith, you're all right. All the mistakes that people have told, told me that you've made, it's just not factually accurate. Wilford Woodruff, Lorenzo Snow, John Taylor, Spencer W. Kimball, Ezra Taft Benson, Howard W. Hunter, Gordon B. Hinckley, Thomas S. Monson, Russell M. Nelson. You're all good. Until you are removed from office by our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to support what you say, what you do, the policies you enact, because I know that you who leads this church cannot lead it and make decisions without the approval and guidance of Jesus Christ. Now, for those who don't want to believe that the church is led by a prophet and has always been led by a prophet, that is your prerogative. But I won't stand idly by and let y'all say what y'all say without saying something myself. I know the prophets to be men of God. And where changes need to be made, the Lord will change them. But the prophets aren't making fatal mistakes, misguided mistakes, to lead the church 
into a place where God himself does not want it to be. Not in the fullness of times, not in the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just because the gospel is continually being restored doesn't mean that mistakes by prophets are being fixed. It just means that at this time, the Lord Jesus Christ has another plan, has another way of doing things. But the prophets of old were doing things the right way because they were doing things in the Lord's way. The prophets of today are doing the things that the Lord wants them to do in the right way because the Lord is leading them. And you can believe that and enjoy what Psalm 23 teaches us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You can have that, that beautiful, uh, wonderful life that the shepherd Jesus Christ can give us as we follow him and his prophets in the restored church of Jesus Christ. We can have temples. We can have the sacrament. We can have repentance. We can have covenants with our God that bring wonderful blessings. Or you can choose to listen to the times, listen to your day and age, and make sense of things in the past through the lenses of what you understand today. Believe that the prophets were wrong, that they didn't do what God wanted them to do, that they were mistaken. And if you do that, it's very likely that given some time, you'll enter radio silence. Sure, you'll be hearing things. You'll have plenty of opinions to listen to. You'll probably even have lots of people on your side. But when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you'll be fearing all sorts of evil because Christ won't be with you. The apostasy ended between 1830, 1820 and 1830. When Joseph Smith sought Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ and restored his church, the time of no prophet, the time of people leading churches astray was over. And it has been over since that time with no pause, no break. The prophets of God have led us in the way that Jesus Christ wants them to lead us. What about the priesthood? Would you give that up? because of something you don't understand from the past? To all those who question whether prophets can still be prophets and make mistakes like the mistakes people claim Joseph Smith and Brigham Young made, in Doctrine and Covenants 121, the Lord says no. If you want to believe that those mistakes by Brigham Young and Joseph Smith are actually what you're calling them, mistakes, times where they did it wrong, where they went against the will of God. 
Doctrine and Covenants 121 teaches us it's just not possible. Behold, there are many called, but few are chosen. And why are they not chosen? Because their hearts are set so much upon the things of this world and aspire to the honors of men that they do not learn this one lesson, that the rights of the priesthood are inseparably connected with the powers of heaven, and that the powers of heaven cannot be controlled nor handled only upon the principles of righteousness. That they may be conferred upon us, it is true, but when we undertake to cover our sins, or to gratify our pride or vain ambition, or to exercise control or dominion, or compulsion upon the souls of the children of men in any degree of unrighteousness, behold, the heavens withdraw themselves, the Spirit of the Lord is grieved, and when it is withdrawn, amen, to the priesthood or the authority of that man. The Spirit of the Lord will withdraw if the souls of the children of men are ruling with any degree of unrighteousness, if they are trying to control or dominate or lead with compulsion. Amen to the priesthood. Another apostasy for that individual. We can't have an apostate prophet and have a true church. So the mistakes that people say where Brigham Young was exercising unrighteous control, dominion, or compulsion, that's an apostasy. And our church is done because our prophet who leads it isn't worthy to do so and has no priesthood to do so. So there's no in-between. There's no, well, the prophet, ah oh man, he made some really fat mistakes, but the church is still true. It just can't. It cannot work like that. The Lord cannot lie, and the Lord has said that when we go against his will, when we exercise compulsion or dominion in any degree of unrighteousness, the priesthood is withdrawn and apostasy ensues. I'm so grateful for the restored gospel. I'm grateful for prophets and apostles who lead and direct the church as God wants them to and who do not deviate from his will or his word. Please, 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 I beg you to hear him, to hear Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father, and to be blessed by that association. And please go on to strive2share.org and share your experiences with prayer or your testimony of the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ.